Sophie. Hi, I'm Paul. And we are SP Film Viewers. When you were a child, did you ever read the book Where the Wild Things Are? No. Not me neither. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's a stupid question then. But I did remember a bit like seeing like a video VHS or DVD cover, looking at the cover and be like, oh, I don't know what that book's about, really, or just being or being intrigued by what was on the cover, but never really checking it out in the kids' library or whatever. <laughs> really. But I thought it'd be something I'd actually like because of it looked like something I don't like monsters or something. So I thought I would have been intrigued or drawn into it, but I never really looked at it. So I didn't really know what was... It was already some kind of moral story of some kind. Right, no, never seen it. Never seen the cover? No. It's by Maurice Sendak, but it's like a... How to describe the art in a sense, but it it does look kind of almost like a dull colorization of sorts. Not like very vibrant and everything like a normal kid's book would be. When you're saying this, it's making me think of like a Roald Dahl book or a... Um... Oh, yeah, not that kind of... No, because they were sort of had colourful covers. Oh, no, not in the actual books. They were just more like silhouettes, weren't they, in sketches? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But anyways, I say that, but obviously we're going to be talking about the film adaptation of the book by Spike Jones, who generally does things that have kind of like almost like darkish undertones of sorts or like not so much... Melancholy, but what's that other one that does that as well? There's a a book, an author that does that for children's books. Um, Sarah likes it. The Minpins or something like that. The Moomins. No. No, I don't know what you mean then. Minpins. Well, I feel like all fairy tales would not have a dark undertone to it. To be. Yeah, they do. Yeah. yeah, Anyway, sorry. Carry on. And so when I saw the, I remember like seeing the trailer for this when it came out in well. Well, the film came out in 2009. Obviously, trailers came out before then, probably 2008. But even then, I was kind of like, oh, it looks interesting, but I never really got round to seeing it. And so, obviously, very late in the game now, we're going to be looking at it. Cause, so, have you seen, you've no, seen, you've not, never not, seen not, it, not, too? No. And you haven't read it either? No. So, in a sense, I've <laughs> obviously no knowledge, real knowledge of the what the story, how long the story is. And then, therefore, how long, how they are going to make it into a feature-length film. So we're both going in blind, blind basically. Essentially. But yeah. you think you should have read this as a child, and I have no clue what it is. And at the, at the same token, should be feel like something I would have seen a film of, because it seems like it's something that's to do with, like, monsters in it. Why don't you do this for Monster March? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I didn't have the disc at that point, I don't know. Don't aggravate me with beasts and monsters. Well, the synopsis that is on Google reads as a fantasy drama movie that centres around a lonely eight-year-old boy named Max who sails away to an island inhabited by creatures known as the Wild Things who declare Max their king. It's all to do with probably his imagination. Yeah, I think that's probably what the book is about. 
Because you have really amazing imaginations when you're younger, and then when you grow up, they just disappear. Or they get squandered. I don't know which one it is. Yeah. Well, I guess we'll see how the film plays out. Yeah. And what the wild things look like. Other than from what they've seen in the trailer, but kind of almost like a not very vibrant colouring of what I saw in the trailer, so whether that's I think it's I don't know. Expressing probably the character, mm. I assume. Yeah. Well, yeah, we'll see. We'll be back with the thoughts very shortly. start <laughs> is that how we're starting this podcast from coming back from watching the film yeah yeah, yeah. is that how yeah, we're yeah, starting like, yeah. okay okay yeah. I see and um, initial thoughts initially I feel like Max is a feral child and he's unruly and hard work and a bit of a pain yeah you get in that in the very first like Few seconds as he's playing a dog, tormenting a dog, and poor like, dog. I was like, "Oh my god, what are we watching?" It was that was not, honestly. I'm going to say that was not how I thought the film was going to start. And then I kind of see that he's got these suppressed emotions, and this is kind of him acting out because he doesn't know how else to express himself, resolve his anger, and his frustrations is, and yeah. stuff. Like his sisters didn't really pay much attention to him anymore. And obviously there's a thing of divorce. His mum's got a new boyfriend. I was going to say, where's the dad? I don't know if he died or if... We don't know that information. If, if he'd no. been... Because you could see there's a globe thing or in his room that says, like, to the moon and back or to the world yeah. and back. So it does symbolise that, obviously, his dad did love him or does love him dearly. But everything's changing. And you know what people are like, and especially children, no one likes change. Especially when you can't understand it and you can't control it. When you're little, you can't control anything. And then when you become an adult, you can control everything. And then that's even drain- more draining. True. It's But you're that obviously that age of eight, nine, ten is kind of a key point, isn't it? Especially if you've been in a home that's been all loving up to a point and then suddenly everything's gone sour, really. Also, I don't know if he has many of his own friends. friends. So I think he's feeling quite isolated and alone. Yeah, 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 because his sister makes a comment about that, doesn't she? Like, oh, like, go and play with your friends or Make something. your own friends yeah, or go get your so own then, friends. And then it's like, you know, to see him playing in the snow. Yeah. And so I don't know where the location set, but it's obviously like a cold or somewhere in the Americas where they get seasons because it's obviously not LA or something where there's yeah. snow. You could actually say it's a winter film. Somewhere. Yeah, I mean, throughout the, the film, as I say before, like how the, the colour palette, showed the trailer, it feels kind of virgin on like autumnal. Mm. The trees are dying back and, you know, the, it's cold cold colours. Yeah, and I think that's kind of an underlying tone of how Max feels and is feeling 
upset and resentment and frustration. Yeah. And that's why he's a little wild monster, basically. So it's quite interesting when he does run away and he acts out because obviously he's... Oh, he bites his mum, doesn't he? Yeah, he bites his mum. Because he's... And he's playing up on the counter. Yeah. Yeah. She's like, get down and everything. Don't do this now, you know, I'm wanting to impress this guy. It was Mark Ruffalo and it's like... And obviously not knowing like where this film is going as such, majority of everybody involved other than Max, other than obviously the voices of the, the wild things, there's like no other people involved in the rest of the film throughout the runtime and it's like what well, it could have been end, yeah. it could, could have been literally anybody to play. Yeah, he didn't eat Mark a fork out. <laughs> but is it was it Hulk? Has it had he been the Hulk at this point or was he not? No, that no, famous? no, was it wasn't he? no. It was pre- more chick flicks. Be, yeah, it would have been, yeah, I like, think. Just like heaven and such. Yeah, I would have thought so, yeah. So, even so... Though, Still, it's, yeah, it, a bit yeah. of a heavy cash out, isn't it? Yeah. And the mum, she looked familiar. Kathleen Turner, yeah. It's, she's been um, another one of um, Spike Jones's films called uh, Being John Malkovich. She's good in that. But, I've heard of that, but yeah. I've not seen it, I don't think. Is there anything I know she's in? Uh, 40-year-old virgin. Probably, probably yeah. <laughs> I don't know if she was a love interest in that one. I don't I, know. I forget, it's been a while since I've seen it. Um, yeah, so again, she's been in so like dramas and things like that. She's a very good actress. But yes, for, for the screen time she has. Even like, I did like that, before we get on to him going and running away to the island, that that scene where she's like, oh, Max, tell me a story. And mm-hmm. she's he's like lying on the floor and he, the angle's like looking up at her like on a... And she's like above him and everything. She's kind of looking down at him endearingly and stuff, and just wanting to have that sort of connection. So that was kind of a nice use of camera angles there to symbolise that. And I think as well for her trying to get a job done at the same time is like, you know, go away. I'm busy. Yeah. Giving him the time of day to kind of say like, tell me something so I can get through my workload as well and keep him occupied essentially. Yeah, but yeah. keep her entertained as as well. Yeah, make it look like she's... She's a good mum. Like, yeah, yeah. She is. I can imagine she is. But, but I think Max just needs a lot more and is going through a lot. Yeah, it does remove... Obviously, like, if we have our kids and that being a thing, how stroppy they can be at a certain age. And... Who, is it? Who are they going to get that from? Are you joking? No. You. Well, I want you a bit of a time. I was tantrum. a... Te- I had my terrible twos. Yeah. Twos are manageable. Not later on, though. No, it was fine later on. Oh, well, I can't say I was really like any like screaming or anything like that when I was that age. But I'm just saying. No, but like... I'm meaning more now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, true. <laughs> I know you were a golden child. I know you were. And that's why your mum had another one, and then it's like, oh God, Joe was complete opposite. Whereas I was the pain Bless in the ass. Yes, my my grandma called me a gremlin because I would cry all the time. But I had my terrible twos. But then I was—I didn't have a terrible teenager year. Didn't do what you did to your poor mum when you that? were a teenager, throwing up, drinking too well, much. Well, that was late teens, though. Bear in mind that wasn't making like, think you were fifteen up blood or, or whatever. Exaggerating, making it sound like I was like in the twelve-year-old self. No, but I mean, teens. Piss up. Like, no, but like sixteen-year-olds are hard to manage. But no, I was fine. I was a lovely eight-year-old, nine-year-old. Okay, take a word for it. So, obviously, after all that occurs, he runs off down the street and then it's kind of like a point of, right, how is he going to transport himself to this island where the wild things are? 
is it going to be a? I I initially I thought it was going to maybe something like he. I don't know if it's like that's a bit of a cop out thing in the sense of like he hits his head and then it's like uh, it's all a dream after everything happens after mm. that. But or it just kind of like blends into one of the say like he went into a forest as he just keeps running through a, the actual forest of wherever he is or something and, and, then, and then he ends up and then he's on and yeah. I to be fair think it is he's still in the forest. He hasn't gone anywhere. Mm. That's how I interpret this film. I feel like. It's just his imagination and he's still just in that forest. He's not gone on a boat and travelled over the sea. He, it's just his imagination sure. running wild. Yeah, I, it's just, I'm obviously I'm thinking on the dispense like of the passage of time when, when he's where he is in his I imagination. I think it's a day, isn't it? Well, well, it's um, a day for his mum, I'd say, that he's been away or not even an, an evening. I think she gets in the same evening. Yeah, yeah, but that's in what I'm his saying. mind, he's been there several days. Yeah, that's what I'm getting at. Yeah. So not that he's literally run away and gone on a boat and everything. No. Obviously, I don't understand that, but... Are you sure? <laughs> but yeah, he obviously eventually gets to where he feels like he needs to be, in his mind, I suppose, and encounters these... I guess I mean, you would say they were in a demons of sorts, in a more yeah. child-friendly way, not too, like, ridiculously scary or anything like that, but they're quite, well, big, lovable... Ties, You've got quite good characters within them, to be fair. I feel like Max is good, but these guys create the film. Like, if you didn't have oh, yeah. these... Then... Yeah, yeah. No, I'm actually surprised as well, like, the fact that for the majority of our own time, you spend with these puppets, essentially, because they are from Jim Henson Company, make mm. them, which you can tell. Obviously, yeah. there's a lot of craft gone into them. I'm actually surprised, like, how... It's like, you know, it would look really rubbish if it was completely CGI, and you'd be like... It wouldn't feel as real as it does. The only use of CGI they've used is on the when they're talking. Yeah. The characters, which obviously helps because they would look a bit rubbish if they were just... A bit ropey. Puppets. You know, like the Muppets are in yeah. the sense like that kind of thing or something like that. It wouldn't look as believable, whereas the use of obviously like face mapping CGI onto them on the, the costumes themselves, is it works. It works really well. So. <laughs> it's quite funny. I, I did think like, when I was looking at it, it's like, how many people are... Actually, in that one costume, you know, like having yeah, to. Yeah, I don't know it. actually whether it is one person and they've just got loads of things, mm. or there's a couple of people stacked on top of one another. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Because otherwise it would be a bit tricky, I think. Yeah, because it, it is quite big. It's quite cumbersome. But... You could have two people like being the like, but then synchronizing that to run and jump and yeah. all of that. Obviously, it's a lot of the. After the green screen, you know, like people in those green suits and stuff, I think would have yeah. helped, you know, say move the arm up or something mm. to throw and stuff, but. But I do think Carol is his inner him. Like, yeah, he yeah, can see he's... himself in Carol. And I find it weird that Carol, to me, is a boy, but he's got a female mm. name. Yeah, yeah. It's, and I feel uh... like we've got that a lot with certain ones throughout, like KW. That's a girl. I don't really know what KW stands for. We never get to figure that out. No. And also, it seems like a boyish kind of Tomboy. name, yeah. but she's very sweet. She's my favourite out of all of them. From what I gather from that, anyway, the the fact that there's sort of like, almost like a romance of sorts. They're like, oh, she's come back as if you know, like oh, I was like a boy, not a boyfriend and girlfriend, but like how you know, our boy is like a girl, and mean they, to girls, yeah, when but, they fancy yeah, them, yeah. yeah, and they want them to stick around, but then they're being mean, yeah, and it's like, well, <laughs> can't have your cake and eat it. Yeah, boys yeah. are stupid because girls don't like being picked on. <laughs> They're very sensitive, so, and if you do that, they'll probably just think, oh, you don't like me, and go away. 
Yeah. One go, oh, he's been mean to me, so clearly he likes me. That's just really mm-hmm. conflicting. Yeah. But then the other names of the ones are more standard, like Judith is the one with the, the three horned rhino looking one, with the long hair as well. Is she the nasty one? She's the one who, yeah, kind of like, oh, I'm going to. Debbie Downer. What's it? Um, oh, so you're selfish if you know, like, if you if you don't taste delicious if I eat you. Matt. Yeah, and also picking favourites when yeah, they yeah. make him the king. Yeah, yeah, all that kind of stuff. A bit bitter. Yeah, yeah. Then you've got Douglas, who looks like a bird. Is he the bird? Yeah, he's the one that looks like an eagle, but he's got like human ears. Yeah, yeah. and he's friends with Carol, like quite yeah, close. Yeah, yeah. I think like a bit of a yeah. bromance going on. Bro, I wouldn't say bromance, but they they are quite close. Yeah, but, and then. Uh, Ira is the one with the big nose, and that's like girlfriend of, or they're in love. I think they said, yeah, with with uh, Judith. So they're a couple essentially. And then there's Alexander, who's like the smallest one. He's the goat-looking one, oh, and he's and him. he's again, he's like one of the things. Like he's trying to speak up, but he's kind of just everyone. Is he, is he a you? I guess he would be. Bless <laughs> yeah. you. Yeah, no one seems to pay attention to him. This not mean that in a mean way, but sometimes if you've got a big big group. I'm just thinking everyone's going to be thinking so that's a bit harsh but, <laughs> but it's more like you trying to interject into that conversation isn't it or yeah by the time if that other you people get... are, are loud and boisterous then yeah. yeah yeah. and by the time that you get to get to your point I mean, the conversation's yes. moved on sometimes I have so to go with this sometimes like... hey <laughs> well what were you going to say Paul because that's what I normally would say go on what were you going to say only that <laughs> nothing never significance but just the fact that there was also this other one which i think was on the cover of the book and he's like the like bull or bison looking oh, character we've seen him, but and we don't know his name yeah i don't think we ever do really no we just see he's, him as like very dark quiet shadow and, yeah, the, a bit the, ominous the ominous yeah and he's got like the like, almost like human feet because i would recognize from the book but yeah it's because obviously they've got they're not like standard like the Douglas Eagle, like I say, he's got human ears and other weird appendages that kind of don't match. So it's kind of like a child's imagination. Just oh, he's got all this funny stuff, and that's his. But the the other ones, are, I'm not. I'm feel like they must represent other elements within his life, I suppose, because they say like whether well, his ones is that's supposed to be his mother or something, or like well, like KW is yeah. his mum, and Trying to then be supportive. Yeah. The one that's got the several horns, what's her name again? Judith. That's his sister. Right. I don't know who Douglas is, unless that's his equivalent of his dad. But we never really see his mm. dad, so I yeah. can't really say. No, I don't know. It's, but, it's hard to pin down on that, really. But there yeah. must be other inner feelings that reflect each of those characters. But. but with Carol, I feel like the initial scene of him smashing up their homes and getting really grumpy and angry. Yeah, just a means of... Venting, really. But that's how Max felt, and that's what he wanted to do, and that's what he kind of did when he bit his mum and ran away. Yeah. It's equivalent of that kind of anger being let out, and I think that's why they got so drawn to one another, because they're so similar. Yeah, yeah, like, like, this guy gets it, kind of thing, as he's trying to... And I think, actually, out of all of it, when when they get made king... Or he, Max gets made king. Yeah. Yeah, he feels, like, responsible then, and I think it gives him... An understanding of how his mum might feel, and I think that's what the lesson is. Like, actually, she has to think of everybody and go through all of this to jump through the hoops, Oops. and that's what he's having to do to be king for them. And I think it's a growing up piece. And also, he's having to sort of tell her lies as parents do, I suppose, in a way. Mm-hmm. Like, so, like the, the whole thing of like, why can't you can't eat me? Why not? Uh, because then the parents got to think of something essentially on the spot, like you know, so babies, where do they come from? Or 
Yeah. The Santa or, real, or, and then they've got to, uh, well, um, or you're going to have to eat your yeah. greens because otherwise you won't be strong. Oh. So there's, there's a level of that, in a sense. Yeah, there is. And I think it's like the same thing of where, where do you, your dogs go if they've been, you know, vanished and said, yeah, get taken pass, to a nice yeah, farm. Yeah. All of those kind of things that your parents have to white lie and you hate them for it at the mm-hmm. time. But then when you grow up, you're like, oh, I, I get it. Because at that age, they won't understand it. And I think with Max, he's learning and understanding a little bit more and growing up within this vivid imagination that he has. I feel like that's what it is. Mm-hmm. Which kind of comes to play a little bit with the fact I saw, I don't know if you, you probably thought the same, when, obviously when he was back in his hometown, wherever, mm-hmm. and he was building that like snow fort, and then everybody kind of piles on him, and he obviously gets upset because he was like crushed essentially from know everybody being on top of him and getting upset and his sister didn't say anything mm. when all the other wild things started like piling on him and i thought oh here we go again it's another trauma back <laughs> for him gonna come back on that but it was then they were just going to sleep i think it's more like having people surrounded by him, him. and that's what he, he felt comforted by that and then his mum i guess he was the kw character like saying oh what's she like being comforted and like oh, good night go to sleep and everything that's just yeah yeah I think that's what he was missing and wanting to be part of his yeah. sister's friendship. Yeah. I thought they'd really hurt him, to be fair, when I saw it with the igloo. Yeah, no, I did as well, thinking, oh, Christ, because he obviously, like, snapped and run down his face. He was so himself, upset. So really really good upset. acting skills, to be fair. Yeah. I would just I'll touch on briefly the fact that the kid's called Max, and in real life the kid's also called Max, but his surname is Max Records, which I think is a pretty <laughs> boss name, really. No, it's Sounds like it's... a like a company kind of thing, like Max Records. Oh, you straight away made me think of Max um, the Million. Is it? Is it Max Million off um, Goof Troop? Oh, yeah, Max. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and that's that's where I go to. Okay. To be fair, I don't really like Max as a, a no. name. I just feel no. like it's a, a dog name. Yeah, it is very much. Sorry for any. Mm-hmm. It's called Max. Yeah, or Max Million, or. <laughs> but yeah, it it seems yeah. like one of those kind of poster names. Yeah, it's very simple. Very easy to say, and well, Max obviously naming record, him. Though. I don't know if that was purposeful that they they went and found somebody who was called Max. Maybe they just stashed. Oh, was it was it called Max in the book as well? Yes. Oh, right, maybe yeah. then. Yeah, as, as far as what I can sort of gauge, yeah. Maybe it was just easier because when you're a child and you're trying to say you're Max. Yeah, because I think of The Shining when Danny is also called Danny Lloyd is the the actual person who played the boy. Yeah. And so the Danny in the book. So it's just a, a, whether it's a happy coincidence, I don't know. But maybe it's easier to so, instruct yeah. the kid and say, yeah. oh, as Danny, you would. And then it's yeah. not getting confused. Yeah, but but yeah. it did, I mean, overall, he, initially you're thinking, oh, he's really annoying and everything. But um, obviously, you spend the most time with him uh, in person, so to speak, throughout the film. But, you know, you kind of get the sensibilities of him trying to get to grips with his himself and his feelings. And so it kind of, as the film goes on it gets a bit it gets a bit more tolerable, except maybe when he's doing the whole dirt clod throwing war thing going on. And That's recreating, isn't it, the snowball the fight, fight essentially, yeah. Pretty much that's what it is. And actually then he sees the repercussions of the fight okay. and how yeah, he felt like but the... actually put he's causing pain on other people. Yeah, 
So it's kind of, a, I guess, in his mind, it's a reflection of on that, really. Like, oh, yeah. I mean, I don't like snowball fights at the best of times. It's just the... Because the, that could literally could happen. You could have, like, oh, harmless bit of snow, throw it, and it's got a rock in it or something. And you end or up, ice, yeah. Yeah, something more dangerous inside. Essentially, it hits you square in the eye or something. And, yeah, that... I always hated that in school, especially snow day, and then it's like trying to going to get to class, and obviously bell rings for playtime or whatever, and then people are just having fights, snowball fights as you're trying to just walk across. I think ours they used to do it even worse. They'd like get cold water, so they'd get oh, they purposely they'd purposely <laughs> make the ice oh, like so they would prepare it like first recess, yeah, yeah, and then pour like cold water on it to make it even colder. And it'd be like literally an ice was ball. This, was this a Christian school? Yeah. Like me, right. And then they used to get the cold water and we used to have a, um, a hill that used to go down to like where as mm. other classrooms, like a science classroom yeah. was. And they would pour ice yeah, water down there. Do slip and slide, yeah. To slip and slide. Oh, it was awful. I hated it. Because you know me, I'm clumsy as ever. Yeah. My worst nightmare. And from that, obviously, like, I remember the Alexander the goat He's like, oh, I'm, I'm going home, kind of thing. It's like, yeah, it'll be me. Like, I'm not playing <laughs> I've had anymore. Enough. Yeah, I totally get that. And then Douglas, bless him, loses his arm. I think that's later on. Is that later yeah, on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's another instance of Carol and KW, like, going, oh, why did you step on my head, kind of thing. And it's like, oh, it's a war. That's what you're supposed to do. And it's like, no, you did it on purpose. And it's like, oh, yeah, step yeah, on yeah, my yeah, head yeah, then. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then she walks. She's, the bigger monster essentially walks away. At the beginning, though, it, when Max becomes king, yeah, they do ask, um, can he keep out all the sadness and mm-hmm. prevent that happening? And yeah. I think that's kind of what he's trying to suppress is all his sadness and yeah. upsetment within it. Mm-hmm. So for like the beasts to rely on him so heavily is yeah. to resolve everything for them. Put up this sadness shield so they can feel better. But it's essentially him to feel better about himself. There's also quite a bit of a depressing part where, obviously, there is global warming and we know that it's happening. Oh, yeah, because the teacher mentioned it. And it's not like, oh, the sun's going to die. Yeah. Just in uh, telling these eight-year-old kids. Yeah. Like, the whole heat death of the universe is coming. Yeah. I know that, obviously, will at some point be inevitable, but I feel like an eight-year-old maybe doesn't really need to know the full in-depthness of that yeah. to worry yeah, them so and concern you know, them. Yeah, that existential crisis going at an early age. Yeah. yeah. But I know we do think about that as an adult, especially as time ticks on and thinking, oh, we've done enough with our time and such like that. It's it's always a bit of a worry, I suppose. It's lingering. Some days, sometimes you don't even think about it for two seconds. and then Well, yeah, it's too have, busy. Yeah. You blink and you, yeah. your day's gone and yeah. you're like, where the hell did That's that one go? go? But, oh, yeah, he has that conversation with Carol anyway when we're walking through the desert. Mm. You know... Sand becomes rock, becomes dust, and then I don't know what comes after that. And he says, "Did you know the sun was going to die?" And he's like, "What? No, look at me, I'm big. Why do I worry about something like that when you know but that sun's really small there kind of thing?" Because obviously, it's obviously on the base of like you look at the sun or the moon or whatever. It's like oh, it's far really away. Tiny yeah, but it's actually yeah, massive, massive. You think about obviously they can't they're sort of comprehend in that just just looking at that in. There, it's yeah. It's just easy to think that it is, but I think that's more just uh, again maybe him just trying to f- overcome that in a way. It's like oh, don't don't worry about it. It's not put a plaster yeah, on it. Yeah, it'll yeah, be yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So they're going to build the biggest fort ever, basically. 
It's yeah. beautifully done. Con- you mean actually constructed? Yeah. Yeah. So again, I think like in the child's mind, Max's mind, like how you know like, at the start when he's telling that story, and it's kind of like a, as a kid tells the story, it's almost like gibberish how it's structured. It mm-hmm. doesn't make a lot of sense. You know, a vampire bites a building and then breaks his fangs and then starts crying, and the other nobody wants to be friends with him. him. The end kind of thing. So. That obviously, the logic in him, like, oh, we're going to build this and it's going to have this room, and you have all these as a kid. It's great, obviously, that imagination as a kid, and mm-hmm. you're drawing out, like, say, a, a coloring sketch pad or whatever with all these. Yeah. Oh, my room's going to have, you know, X, Y, and Z, pool table, and all, yeah. the arcade room, and then the snap machine, and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> but then, obviously, in reality, you know, that's that costs then, really, and it's not really feasible. So, obviously, I have big ideas for building this fort. Ultimately, it kind of comes to the realization that it's not really as plausible, even in this fantasy world. As such, it's kind of just—it seems very bare bones to a degree, and everybody's just kind of like you know, like oh, there's a thing of the hierarchy. Oh, why are you talking to to him more, hanging around with him more? He's better than you. Got the favorites, kind of mm. thing, you know, that kind of and stuff. So it's then, wanting in his own space, which yeah, he didn't realize he did want. So yeah, that, it's like, oh, this is too much. I want to get away from you all. But, yeah, that's yeah, how a parent feels. And I think him wanting to build the fort was when he built the best fort ever and he wanted his mum to come and join him. And she didn't. And I think that's kind of yeah. the reason behind the, the fort and the feeling. And that's how he ended up running away. Mm-hmm. And also the fort was meant to protect you and not have anyone in the fort that you didn't want. And I think that was resembling his mum's boyfriend mm-hmm. at the time. Can we talk about KW and the owls? Oh yeah, Bob and Terry. Which is what the heck is that about? Like, I know I, owls are meant to be wise. They don't have any dialogue though. You can't understand what they're saying. No, I don't know if that again. There must be something in that. Like some of them can understand. Like because KW can understand what they're saying, but even Carol's like, I don't know what they're talking about, type of thing. Yeah, so Max, Max agrees. So it's maybe some sort of like confusion. Then in, in something really, but what they represent is beyond me because. But I also feel sorry for him because she kind of was just like she picks up these rocks and just starts chucking them at these well the birds in the sky, and then you realise yeah they're kind of just weird like elongated owls that they freaked me out, <laughs> and I love owls, and they were like yeah, really a weird bit odd puppets, yeah. But... And they looked a bit disheveled, but yeah. obviously they're just being whacked on the head. <laughs> so yeah, I think we can blame them. Yeah. <laughs> He didn't look very happy. But, yeah. but Carol hates them. And is like yeah. saying, oh, well, why can't... why You're meant to have a flaw that, I don't know... Yeah, keep, keep people out that you don't want, but how do you choose that again? It's that kind of... But like can't the, keep everybody out. The king said, well, I choose for them to, to stay, yeah. and that kind yeah. of caused a rift between him and Ca- Carol. Oh, yeah. I think that's how the mud fight happens. Yeah, I think it on is. The so back shortly that. after that, yeah, yeah. And then everyone just feels really deflated and disappointed and don't think he's a good king anymore. Yeah, and lose faith and realise he doesn't actually have any powers yeah. after the fact that he obviously states the lies come to fruition. And then... Yeah, and when you par- when I think when you're a child and you realise your parents lied to you, that's a big... I don't know if you actually ever found out your parents lied to you when you were little, but I, I know I did. I was very disappointed, very annoyed. I was like, how dare you lie to me? <laughs> About what exactly? Can't Is really it? say. Okay. Because I don't want to. If if we do have children, listen. I don't want to ruin okay. their right. happiness. Okay, I think I know. What you're but yeah, yes, yeah. I was absolutely devastated, and I just was like, "Nope, not having this." 
don't think this is acceptable behavior (laughs) (laughs) but obviously ultimately leads to obviously like how carol just becomes more resenting of max at this point and just like oh why is it you know where's the sun gone it's dark. We're all going to die. Yeah. And it's lashing like, it's out night again. Time, but it's like, no, what? You, you just can't believe what you're saying, really. You know, like, it'll come back tomorrow. It's like, will it, though? Kind yeah, because you've already lied to yeah, us. Yeah, so, yeah. What, so what, why should I believe you? Yeah. Thing. And this is where Douglas gets his arm ripped off. Yeah, yeah. I think it's that was, Carol that, that does was, it. That was my favourite arm. <laughs> but I feel like that's representing Max biting his mum. That's how yeah. I see that. So it's almost like, I guess, a long-winded way of replaying back what occurred mm-hmm. at the start in a sense I suppose yeah yeah just may guess replaying the day just it's a coping mechanism for him to realize and understand what he's done mm-hmm. and that he's hurt the ones he loves basically mm-hmm. by lashing out mm-hmm. which you always do you always hurt the ones closest to you yeah it, you never hurt the people that actually hurt you it, it, it just seems at the time just so mm-hmm. much easier to ask you're there and just well like, the resentment should have either gone to his sister which he did wreck her room i guess but it also but, should have gone to all her friends that did it i know but yeah, yeah the poor mum gets gonna... bitten instead yeah although was that that comes back later as well like with the you know that wooden heart that he made for his sister yeah get he destroys that all the paper heart, and then he makes one later on for carol as he's yeah. about to leave and that again. room gets yeah. all smashed up where yeah. carol yeah. kind of created everything yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah all kind of 360s round it does it was quite moving at the end, though, when he was about to leave, was Max. Because mm. it's the first king they haven't actually eaten. Eaten. Yeah, because there was a bit of a, like, what, what's all these bones and why is there this crown here? Yeah, it's like, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's almost like he's passed the test, in a sense. Mm-hmm. And he can of, go back home. Of, you know, like, result coming to terms with his, his issues. Whereas maybe for other kids or something, perhaps it was a, a means of like, oh, they they couldn't. They couldn't cut it with, you know, like resolving their issues, and so they're still very angry or, you know, problem child or whatever. Yeah. But I don't know. It's... <laughs> Your little interpretation. Yeah. And so when you go home, say good things about us. What What do you see that as? I think it's more for him to apologise and kind of realise what's happened and reflect on what he's learnt. I feel like that's it. I don't think. He'll probably tell his mum about all this story that he'd seen and done while he was away because you don't really get that. You just get like a hug and her re- being yeah, relieved. Yeah. And I think that's so, all you, you need. Yeah, you don't need to over-explain. No. Like, oh, mum, I just did this and then yeah, we did this. because I think it's that like, wouldn't have gone as well. No, I think for the tone of the film and what it was going for, it's kind of, that's, you had to sort of play out that way and not over-explain things. And um, I think overall kind of, it's sort of like... It's, I'd say it's a mature kids' film, if that makes sense. So it's yeah. obviously for, for the young kids who have probably read the book, or maybe in the what, maybe six, seven, eight year old. Not obviously like a three year old's not going to grasp with it. Yeah, but no, you, there might be a smart three year old out there reading a book like that. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, but in terms of like what the film offers visually and the, thematically and stuff, it's, it's almost like. I'd, I don't know if you would say it was sort of like a hoity-toity, like, oh, my kids watched Wild, Wild, Wild Thing, rather, as opposed to, like, Boss Baby or something, really stuff up. <laughs> Minions or something. Minions is better, yeah. yeah. Boss Baby, I feel like that's not aimed for children, is it? Yeah, I would say so. 
don't know. It's the same. I know it's not. It's, it's that's DreamWorks, but like the trolls or whatever. The trolls is aimed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, don't, yeah. I feel like Boss Baby has a bit of adult humour. I don't know. I don't care to check, find out. Really, it just looks rubbish. <laughs> it does. Yes, it does. But did you enjoy this film? Yeah, I did. But it. It's more to you because you get to go first, so don't be asking me. No, no, I just... Don't be trying to see what I think just so that you can help you score. Huh. Mm. I feel like it's going to be a semi-high score, but I feel like sort of maybe missed the boat on like getting round to watching it, I suppose. When you were younger. Obviously, I wouldn't have seen it at the age I was. That was like in uni time when I was... And the film came yeah, out. Yeah, but I but... guess if you'd have had the nostalgia of the book, if you'd have read the book when but... you were younger, to the film coming out. True. Although I say, like, with Coraline, that being a children's book, but I read the book before I saw the film, and that was around a similar time. Mm-hmm. But I really, really like that film. I feel like that's more adulty, though, compared Things. to this. I think this kind of shows... Yeah, that's always cute, you know, cute-ish monsters. Yeah. Type of thing. But I do think... There's probably, it's not something I would like immediately rush back to or anything like that. It's mm. to sit down and watch with a child of a, obviously a similar age. Yeah. Range, it would be interesting to see how they would lap up these. A child like me, then she might be like, ah, okay. Might have, <laughs> fall asleep. She might have that trait. Yeah, maybe. Let's see. But I'm going to put it at a seven for now. Yeah, I think I'm. I'm. I was thinking six point five. That's why I was kind of benchmarking mm. it. To be, yeah. to be fair, I think seven for you would make more sense just because it's like beasts and down your. Yeah, alley. no, I gotta admire the the puppetry and and it is and even like obviously the landscapes and stuff that they're yeah. in the environments and stuff. It's like I admire the craft of that mm-hmm. and obviously the directors of the films familiar with. And again, I can see this is like his kids' film of the type of work that he does and. I know the guy who wrote the who made the book. It was like, all right, I want for there have been talks of it being adapted for quite some time, and he was only happy with Spike Jones directing the film. So mm. I'd, I'd say he'd, I'm sure the director will agree that he's done a, a fine job of adapting his very short story into uh, something that's got makes you think a little bit, but not too like too. It's it's sort of scary to think about, but not. Too like overly like terrifying or anything like that for for kids. I think no, it's, it's an not. enjoyment, but I think there's a level of enjoyment for adults and yeah, kids. there is. Yeah. I think it is definitely aimed more for children for them to learn the kind of a development growth yeah. lesson within it. And I think for an adult, it's still wanting you to release your inner child in in a sense. Yeah, and sort of reflect back on things, or maybe to for them to understand how kids are. Maybe I don't know. There's there's something yeah, that the emotions being relatable that go through, to them. Perhaps. Yeah. Because when you're an adult, you don't understand what they're going through because yeah. it's been a while since you were a child. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah. Feels like it's a while since I'm Getting old, you are. <laughs> but yeah. No, overall, I would recommend people to watch it. It's beautifully done. I think the storyline, yeah, Max can get a bit grating, but that's what they're going for. It's just... But the, the actual actor is very good. Yeah. It's absolutely. just the, how he's written. But you always have that, I think, in a a child's book. You always have like a naughty child, which then becomes good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Would have been interesting to see more Mark Ruffalo, but there we are. (laughs) So, thank you very much for listening to this episode. 
And if you would like to listen to some of our other episodes, you can do so by going to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, and wherever else you get your podcasts from. And if you'd like to leave us a five-star review, you can do so by going to Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, and wherever else they do the scoring system. So if you do want to follow us, I think we've got a couple of platforms you can follow us on now, I think. There's so many now. There's so I feel old because like there's new ones. So we've got TikTok. We've got Instagram. We've got Twitter. X now. But yeah. But I just call it Twitter. because It's Twitter. It's what logo is anyway. Threads. Threads, yeah. Which is a rip-off Twitter slash Instagram. Yeah. So you can find us all under the handle SP underscore film viewers. At least it has the hook. Yeah, same. all consistent, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and you can follow us and like and comment and see what we're up to, if you want to be part of that. And if you would like to also take things a little bit further and be part of our Patreon family. That like, was nicely swiftly <laughs> done, that was. Yeah. Like our lovely people we're going to call out now. Are we taking it in turns? So I'm going to go first. Yep. Cop out, do the easy one. <laughs> My mum. So, yeah, she follows us, which is the only female. So, can we drum up some more females, please? We have Mark from 100 Things We Learn From Film podcast. We have Ben from Film Vloggers. We have Nico from The Good, The Bad and The Weird podcast. We have our lovely friend, Jonesy, who, if you haven't seen the Lighthouse episode already, go check it out. So, if you do want to find him, he is on Instagram under the handle at Weight Loss Jonesy. And our two new patrons that we have are Alex Morris, another friend of ours. He is under the handle at Desperately Seeking Username on Instagram. He's also joined our podcast as well. I think he was on our Jurassic Park 3. Park three. Yep. Wanted to say world then, so that's why I paused. He, yeah, he's, he is hilarious. Um, he'll bring definitely something to the podcast, didn't he? think he wants to join again at some point as well so yeah so go check him out and give him all the likes and loves (laughs) oh probably not because he'll just be sarcastic to you anyways (laughs) and last but not least we have another friend of ours chris gren who goes by c gren draw on instagram as well so if you would like to join our patreon family Get your name shouted out every episode and get to vote for what we watch once a month. Then you go to patreon.com forward slash spfilmviewers and donate as little as £1 or $1.50 a month. And that gets you those perks, shoutouts, and that would be very much appreciated to show your support. And speaking of, the next episode will be a Patreon pick, so I've got to think on what. One that I'm going to, have to choose for what you haven't seen. Yes. Be nice, please. Not you, well, them. Well, I've got to... Well, you also got to, that also reflects on me as well, because I've got to think about what that is to pair for the pairing. But yes. Yeah, true. Yeah. True, true. Not Halloween yet, Paul, so no. nothing scary. No, but I've, I've, I have thoughts for that anyway. Starting early? No. Because if we're going to be moving into September, into Halloween, then... Christmas has to start to move into November. It's a well, compromise. Well, in a sense, depends on how the weeks fall, isn't it? <laughs> anyway, thank you very much for listening to this episode, and we will speak to you next time. 
Speak to you next time. Bye. 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 Bye.